and welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Thank you. It's Roscoe here, your host. And this week's episode is with the wonderful young man, great ambassador for Scottish golf. Yes, it's the one and only Rue McDonald. If you don't know Rue, you need to check out the Scottish Golf Podcast because it is the go-to destination for anything to do with preparing for a Scottish golf trip. Rue has travelled Scotland the length and breadth far and wide and he has dedicated his time on this planet as a golf aficionado to helping people uncover the wonderful sights of Scotland through its golf courses. Not just your open rotor courses, but some of the courses that you may not necessarily put on your trip list and they're courses that you probably should put on your trip list. Now, the obvious point is, is we're a ways away from international travel and we recorded this at a time when you know Melbourne was in lockdown Scotland wasn't in lockdown but it's probably about to go back into a lockdown but that doesn't matter we all know that we will be traveling again and when we are traveling again for golf and we travel far and wide for golf as golfers we'll all be pilgrimaging back to Scotland we know that as a fact so this is my attempt to get you a little bit closer to Scottish golf you don't need to go too far from the my love of golf podcast to be you know, drawn into Scottish golf because you know it's the home country of my parents, it's the home country of my family, it's the home country of my wife. So I'm pretty passionate about Scottish golf. So it was a wonderful opportunity to get Rue on. He is a great ambassador for the game, as I said before. 2013 Scottish Golf Tourism Young Person of the Year now works on the European Tour, working in their media department. So some of that great work that you've seen coming out of the European Tour media, which, you know, is wonderful. You know, Rue's part of that team. He's branched off into um, video production in his own YouTube and channel. So if you want to see a little bit more about Rue and his travels and some of the destinations that he's so passionately talking about in today's episode, check over on his YouTube channel. But also, you know, really go back and have a listen to some of the Scottish Golf podcast. You know, he had some big guests on there, but he also just talks to people that he comes across through his life talking about their trips and we talk all about that in in the episode here great ambassador for the game great ambassador for scottish golf we will get to traveling again and when we do please reach out to rue because he's very open with his information reach out to me i'm very open with my information as you know and anything i can do to help your trip to scotland where to go what to see some of these courses that we talk about that you may not necessarily have thought about before if i can't tell you i'm happy to help find out thanks for listening I really do appreciate it. We're getting up to this might be the 99th episode. It's so much fun doing this and uh, it really does mean the world to me that you do listen. I was blown away that Rue listens to the podcast and I think you can hear me uh, tell him my appreciation for that. If you like what we're doing, jump over to iTunes, leave us a review, share the episode with a friend, leave a rating, subscribe, all of the wonderful things that help this podcast keep growing and give me the incentive to want to keep going. Really appreciate you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast, and we'll talk to you again soon. Rue McDonald, welcome to the My Love of Golf podcast. It's great to have you on here, and I'm still uh, very appreciative of getting onto the Scottish Golf podcast, which was an honour. But it's an honour to have you on here, mate. How are you over there in Scotland? You well? Thanks, Ross. Yeah, long time, first time. Been a, been a fan of yours as well for a long time, and it was great for us to chat 
Um, all good here. We're just um, we're probably a couple of months ahead of where you guys are in Australia, just with the recent uh, shutdown, and and um, you know still quite reserved and uh, cautious, cautiously moving forward. But the golf clubs, um, certainly the, the non-tourist related clubs here in Scotland, they're benefiting from this. Uh, golf seems to be on an upward curve, which is great. More people playing the game. Um, but as I'm sure we'll chat about later, the, the golf tourism element of Scotland is almost non-existent at this point. So it's uh, it's interesting times for sure. Yeah, it absolutely is, mate. And I concur. Same here. Golf tourism is, is not happening, but certainly golf that is being played is certainly on an, on an upswing. And that's a that's a super positive for the game and super positive for, for the sport and the future of it. We, you know, and we can keep that going as long as we can. That'd be great. I appreciate your kind words there too. Uh, long, first time, long time. You know, if I track back on my coming up for two years of, of podcasting 2018 and I would I would have credited uh, the Scottish Golf Podcast as one of the podcasts that influenced me for a reason to start podcasting uh, it was you know your words that I would listen to and some of the interviews there which uh, with a whole range of great people were really inspirational for me so to know that you listen and you enjoy mine I, I do appreciate that let's talk about the Scottish Golf Podcast for a second if, if that's okay so if you haven't listened to it jump on Go and find it. It's fantastic stuff that uh, Rue does there and promoting Scottish golf. But who are some of the people that you've spoken to that would stand out now? I would say, you know, first and foremost, the podcast is speaking to to you. You're you're my perfect uh, listener. Uh, you know, people that want to come to Scotland and play the, the best links golf courses. It's talking to the, the golf traveler, the golf tourist. And I've, been lucky to have a range of people from Ran Morissette was a really interesting guy. He's obviously, you know, the man in the, the golf architecture space that I, I love, uh, loves chatting to. People like Jeff Shackelford, who came on twice and spoke about his golf trips to Scotland when he came over and covered the, the Open Championships here. Uh, they were particularly um, memorable interviews. And what I find with podcasts, and it's probably the same with you, it's a great way to build relationships. So I was chatting to people like Jeff and Machinella and, and media members in the space. Lauren Ruberstein, great author of, of a great book and, and about summer in Dornock. Uh, these people were people I would never have met otherwise and built a connection with. So off the back of that, now I've got this uh, really good network of people that I can um, can reach out to and, and, and get to know better and, and, and hopefully um, you know have a relationship with in years to come. But um, I've always I've also been fortunate enough to have uh, Jim Herman, a recent PGA Tour winner, on the podcast, which was you know podcasting was amazing that you said you listened but i also had jim's um agent listen who's who's a mad uh scottish golf fan an american who uh, who put myself and jim together and we chatted about his trip to um to scotland so i've had a real range of people but also that some of my favorite interviews are the ones from just genuine golf travelers so i i kind of pivoted from having interviews week to week to then thinking well why not i build up an audio version of TripAdvisor where people come on and share their trips and literally you know one average golfer talking about scottish golf from their eyes not not from a media perspective not from a golf professional perspective just a, a you know general golfer traveling to scotland and, and sharing their thoughts and, and reflections and they're, they're my favorite episodes i think people just coming on and 
and helping other golfers plan golf trips. Now we sort of dive straight in there to the to your world as a as a podcaster, but it expands so much more than that. But in introducing yourself, I guess how where did the journey start? How did it where did it come from? Where did you come from as a golfer? You know, I know you caddied at Cruden Bay up there, which is your home course. But how did you you know evolve through being a young fellow caddying to to where you get to now? Yeah, it was just some. You know, following following a passion. So, Crew Bay has seven thousand visitor rounds a year. Australians come over. Americans, predominantly seventy percent of them are Americans. Being around that and hearing that and wondering why people come to my course, travel so far to play it. It always, um, you know, as a young teenager, you know, eleven, twelve, thirteen, I was wondering why people did that. And then going through into university at this, you know, first couple of years of university, kind of realized I wanted to pursue that industry as a career and then got put into a placement um, during my third year in St. Andrews working for a golf travel company, Adventures in Golf, with a great um, mentor in Jamie Gardner, who is one of the um, most experienced men in, in the industry. And, and that really cemented my um, direction. And then it was off the back of leaving university. I went to work with Jamie for, for six months in St. Andrews, uh, along with three other jobs uh, that summer. And, um, yeah, I was touching, you know, various aspects of the, of the golf tourism world in Scotland. And then, um, yeah, I guess my, uh, my hard work paid off when I was awarded, um, you know, Scotland's young person of the year in, in 2013, which was, uh, which was great. It was it was a basically an industry award, which was voted by um, you know industry industry peers, and um, yeah, it was just um, you know a well done for all the kind of juggling the, the four different jobs. But um, it was, uh, and then from there I um, I started my own sort of social media freelance uh, sort of stuff within the golf tourism space, and then um, you know a few years later uh, joined the European Tour as a content. A social media guy so you know still touching golf tourism to the, to this day but more uh, more of a professional world but um my passion as we'll we'll talk to still remains golf tourism and golf travel to scotland let's you mentioned european tour so people are probably listening going oh and if they didn't know you though they might go oh european tour so that was around two, uh, 2019 that you started over there or thereabouts started that yeah. No, two, 2017. 17, uh, okay. Spring of 2017, yeah. So what's that role entail for, for you working on the European tour? Uh, it involves me um, being one of probably six colleagues that, that manage uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, the website, TikTok. <laughs> um, so it's uh, it's a content manager role there, so... Uh, being around the players week to week, normally in a, in a normal year, you'd be at events, capturing content, and then uploading it to the, the various platforms, and and um, you know working with partners and stakeholders to um, to deliver their you know their objectives. But it's been a, a great learning. What what I had with before starting the European Tour, I had all the practical skills of you know how the the platforms work. But now I have sort of more of the commercial side of things, so I understand what businesses want and and what a strategy entails. So, um, whereas before I was probably just posting stuff for the sake of it and uh, when I wanted to, but yeah, it's much more strategic now. And um, you know, it's a dream job, definitely a dream job to travel the world and and be around some great 
you know, people and, and friends and colleagues. What makes the the social media that the European tour is able to put out? Why why is it stand out head and shoulders above a lot of the other golf content? And you know, you've you've been told that before, and you know, it, it's a generally sort of much commented on fact that the European tour content. It's just fantastic. You know, it's funny. It's engaging. You know, the the players get involved and they get involved in the, with the right spirit. Why why do you think that's uh, that's you know doing such a great? You guys are doing such a great job to achieve achieve that. Yeah, I'm certainly just a, a tiny part in that. I think first and foremost is the players. Mm-hmm. So the players, I think, take themselves less serious. They also know that they probably need to buy in more to that because. You know their name isn't at the top of the game. Some of them, some of them are world superstars, but the players buy in. None of it would be possible without the players buy in. And then it's the the people that make it. So we have some incredible producers, and um, that put it put it together. And, and we have a kind of small working committee that come up with some of the big video ideas. And it's all credit to them. I'm, I'm very much on the periphery of that, but. And without the players, and then the players, managers, and, and everyone else that, that buys into this as well, I think it's a great, you know, it's obviously a PR thing for the European Tour, but it's a great thing for the players as well. I think the players always come out looking looking great, and that's always the objective. With with my job is to, um, you know, we're, we're trying to tell the story of the golf tournament, but we're also trying to showcase the great personalities and culture, you know, varied cultures that we have playing on the European tour and the amazing places we go to. So it's so interesting. I think Australian fans really resonate with the European tour just because it's, it's the, it's the different places we go to. It's the players and, you know, it's definitely a, a world tour in that, in that respect. Yeah, no, I agree. And I love it. And, you know, when you say the players, it's not just, it's all of the, it's all the top guys as well, you know. Like you, you talk about the top guys, and, you know, you've had Westy and Stenson and you know Tommy and all of those guys, you know, just taking absolute P one five S out of themselves and each other and having fun doing it. And then you've got people like um, uh, Marcus Armitage, you know, like you know a new guy who's cra- crafting his own way as a funny guy, you know, doing the fourteen club club challenge. Fourteen club challenge for me has become a thing at work because you know at the end of a, a busy working week, my my, my guys and I we. We're doing it on the simulator. We're having 14 club challenges now ourselves on a golf simulator. So, you know, it's come from oh, you guys. Wow. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, now, the, the new uh, strand, uh, the, the 14 club challenge will remain, but the the uh, lock of the draw is the new content strand, which has proven pretty popular, and, and uh, I've enjoyed seeing seeing that. It's, uh, I don't know if you remember it, Ross. It's when the player has to pick a, pick a card, and then if it's a, if it's a six, they have to hit a six iron. If it's um, if it's a sort of a seven, he has to hit um, seven iron or a putter. You know, it's a basically luck of the draw. So it's um, yeah, I'm sure you've seen a couple of those. Yeah. But um, we had Yost Lauten and, and Justin Harding on the latest one, and uh, I think I think uh, Yost maybe had a a nine or a ten. Um, so it's it's good fun. It it, it certainly um, it certainly doesn't make it easy for the players. Very good. Now, just. Finally, rounding out your, your social media stuff, you're starting to create uh, a bigger presence with your YouTube channel. Is that is that a direction that you want to start doing more sp- more work in and promoting Scottish golf and and some of the courses that you you love going to and visit visiting? Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's something that I'm kicking myself. I, I made a YouTube video four years ago about Macrahanish, and um, you know that video's done done fine. It's got 
it's got something like 3,000 views. Um, but I'm kicking myself that I, I didn't create more between now and then, but um, definitely realise that video is where it's going. People like Nolan Up and Eric Anders Lang have have paved the way in the um, in the kind of video content space on YouTube and and show showing me that there's obviously an audience out there and, and an appetite for more golf content and you know obviously Rick Shields and all the other guys have made the the product reviews and the tutorials you know massively successful but uh, I certainly think there's an there's an opportunity for aspirational golf travel content on um, on YouTube and. Yeah, I've been putting a few, a few videos up there during the, the post-lockdown, playing some local courses um, that I think overseas visitors would enjoy seeing and, and you know one day playing. And then uh, just finished recording what I think might be the first ever uh, vlog filmed at Muirfield, the Honourable Company of Edinburgh Golfers. So the, uh, the course is 150 years old, but I don't think it's ever had a YouTube video filmed there. So um, hopefully get that out in the next couple of weeks. Um, which will just you know show people. I always um, I struggle to picture what Muirfield would, would be like and uh, not playing it before. So this video will just give people a, a sense of just what it's like playing that golf course. So I knew that you'd played Muirfield because I saw it on your on your Twitter the other day, and uh, your picture of me on your website, you know, promoting the podcast that we did together, has me you know on the 18th at Muirfield. I. And now I'm just hearing for the first time that you vlogged it. I can't believe that you, you know, how did, how did you, that happen? <laughs> just, uh, just did it. You just did it. Um, um, yeah, we, we, um, we got a tea time. The thing about Muirfield is, as you know, that place is, is offers public uh, visitor tea times on um, Wednesdays and Fridays. So you can go on the website and get a tea time, but you've got to be organized you know, a year out to, to book it because it gets sold out so quickly. But obviously the summer when nobody's playing, these tea times typically bought by Americans are lying empty because nobody can travel. So 48 hours before I, I called up, got a tea time. Um, the secretary there, Stuart McEwen, he's he was great. Very, you know, somebody I've known well through the golf tourism industry through the years. Very, um, very nice guy. He runs a, a great operation there. I just said to him very openly that I was going to record film on the course. He said, that's fine. So off we went. Um, I had a great videographer with me, actually. I should, should give him a shout-out, um, Ollie Allison, who who has a, a great Instagram account, so everyone should check him out. Um, he came along and we, we filmed it. So, you know, um, it's um, it's pretty much every shot of my round, so hopefully people can uh, enjoy watching the pain of playing Muirfield in a 25-mile-an-hour wind. <laughs> so you got one of those days. Yeah, right. I, c- I can imagine it. I had a perfect day uh, when I played it. But out of all my travels that we spoke about last year, it's the least photographed course um, that I had because I thought it was haunted because my phone went missing for the entire round. I got changed in the – so, you know, so for the listeners that haven't played at Millfield, you know, the, the thing is you go there and you have the lunch. And so I went and had the lunch and it's jacket and tie. It's, you know, very traditional and, and that's all fine. And then you get changed into your golf gear in, you know, just a, a change room that's, you know, everyone's got their – you know, it's not a big salubrious locker room. You just hang your gear up and you get changed and off you go. So I put my phone down, got changed, picked my phone up, got to the first tee, no phone phone's gone 
went back to the locker room, did all of that, phone's gone. Played the round and the phone was connected to my watch. So it was somewhere. I could see it somewhere and it, then it went out of range. I, uh, we got back, phone's gone. I'm about to leave and there's a bench out the front of the club and I walk along and there's my phone. With the last ones there and my phone's just sitting there. I went nowhere near the bench. So I thought it was haunted. Maybe I might get in trouble for that. But I lost my phone, so I got no photos. So there you go. So I can't wait to see your vlog. What did you think of Muirfield first time? Well, it's it's an open road, of course, obviously, but it's it plays like the other open road courses for me. It's it's brutal. It's difficult. Conditioning wise, as good a links course condition wise, fairways and greens. The bunkers are probably the most interesting bunkers. You know, there's a lot of the bunkers you can't see. Like the first fairway, and it must have about five bunkers on it, and you don't see any from the fairway and from the tee. Mm. Um, so, the, yeah, the bunkers and the conditioning really blew me away. And then people talk about the routing. I've heard that before, just how interesting that you, you, shoot, you shoot in different directions. And that's really interesting. <sighs> Underwhelming wasn't the word. It just wasn't. For me, and golf travel, and we were talking, Ross, before we, we pressed record, the thing about golf travel, and I, I get to talk about it, is it, it, it's subjective. It's very much my opinion. And um, for me, it just wasn't that much fun. Um, and, and, and albeit I played it in the 25-mile-an-hour wind in September, but give me give me a, a tea time at, at Kilspindy, which you and I love, just down the road, or, or North Berwick, and I'm, I'm off playing there instead. It's great to play once uh, once every 12 months. It's great to say you've played an open rotor course, and that's great. It's a great thing about Scotland, um, Scotland's open rotor courses. They're, they're all attainable. They're all accessible to the public, which is wonderful and, and very different to, say, the American culture of, of private co- uh, country clubs. But, yeah, it's, it's all subjective. It's like you and me talking about your favourite coffee or wine or beer. It's, it's subjective. But yeah. um, for me, it was, it was um, an honour to play and I was very much welcomed there and, and the staff do a wonderful job, but it's not somewhere I want to rush back and play in the next 12 months. <laughs> I, would, I would play there again, obviously, in the next 12 months. As I'd love to get back to Scotland within the next 12 months. That's a dream. I should have been there around about now and it's almost a year ago since I was there and I can't believe how quick it's gone. But it, it's certainly something that I think you have to, you should experience one time in your, in your golfing life. You know, that whole foursomes in the morning, the lunch and that whole palaver and, and then go and playing, um, sorry, stroke in the morning and then foursomes in the afternoon. You, you, you should do it. But, uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Did you play anywhere else down there while you were down that part of uh, East Lothian? Yeah, it was a bit of a flying visit. So normally I would play North Berwick, but they were doing some course um, course maintenance work there, so they suggested that we um, we come um, maybe at a better time in the in the year. But so we, you know, North Berwick is where I um, would always gravitate towards if I could. But we uh, we instead played Philspindy, which would be my second favourite course in that region. And you know, Scotland's golf course for a reason. They um, the concentration of amazing links golf courses there are probably the best in Scotland and, you know, all within 15 minutes drive of each other. So, you know, definitely the, the most concentrated and, and arguably the best region in, in Scotland for some, some great varied links golf. Uh, and Gospindy is just charming, beautiful, you know, it has soul, it has character. 
uh, it, it's fun, it's scenic for that for for all those reasons and more. That's why I love the place. Uh, and you know, even though we had some rain and some wind, it, it's just you know so much fun. And condition-wise, I was surprised at how great it was as well. So, you know, if there's if there's one course that you play in in, in that region uh, after North Berwick, it's called Spindy for me. Yeah, it's heaven. If uh, you can see me here on the background, there you'll you'll notice that that's Craigie Law. So my sort of golfing home when I do play in Scotland. But uh, over the fence is uh, Kilspindy, and it's a wonderful part of the world. I think. Uh, I think your uh, Ayrshire friends might argue that uh, you know they've got about their concentration of good good golf courses, but um, I won't disagree because my listeners know that I love East Lothian. And shout out to Malcolm Duck if you're listening. But can we talk about because it's something that's passionate for me? You know, I, I think about and I, I, when I prepare to talk to someone like yourself, and I think about golf and and what I like to to talk about and what courses I like to play. You know. Playing at Kilspindy comes to mind. And in Scotland, there's all of these lesser knowns as well. Kilspindy won. Where else would you put on the map for lesser knowns? Yeah, we need to come up with a better name than lesser knowns. But, you know, I'm still working on that. I, I, I do think the global recession that we're going to face now and we're, we're going through at the moment is going to fast track. I think there was, there was a growing movement for these craft, craft courses, which I'm going to call them, these lesser known courses that are a bit quirky, a little bit different, that are not the standard championship golf courses mm-hmm. um, that have been around and they've been entertaining Scot- Scots and Irish for and, and the locals for, for centuries. So I did think there was a you know there was a growing appetite for that. And that is thanks to Eric and Eric Anders Lang and, and, and Stuart and, and the guys um, at Knowing Up who who have created some amazing videos around these courses. But I do think that a lot of the, Muirfield was two hundred and seventy pounds. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. So, and you're playing, you're playing six, seven rounds of golf in your week, and you've got your accommodation and your travel and your flights. Scotland, for me, has to be careful not to price itself out of the market. And I think a way around that is playing these lesser-known courses. Um, so some of them to rattle off. If I go from the north, uh, you've got. Dornock and, and Brora, which are obviously the, the sort of premium courses up there. Brora's a little bit cheaper, uh, but then nearby, uh, Golsby and, and Tain are, are two that spring to mind. Um, you know, I haven't actually managed to make it there if I'm being completely transparent with everybody, which is, you know, a reflection on me and, and sort of being a, a, a contradicting myself slightly. But uh, you've also got four throws. But then closer to home in, in Aberdeenshire, uh, which I've documented on my YouTube channel. There's places like Merker, uh, Fraserborough. is £50 and is just unbelievably underrated. I think the members there don't appreciate what they've got in terms of just how how unique their product is in the world of golf. It's the most spectacular links experience for you know value for money, pound for pound, the best deal. Um, yeah, sure, it's got four weak holes, but every golf course has four weak holes. Hmm. Um, so you know there there are a few, and then in the St Andrews area, you know they're not they're not really lesser known courses, so to speak. But Trail and Ely are always ones that I would recommend people to to help keep the green fees down. You know you, you can't play Kings Barnes in the old course, you know all the time. So the people that are looking to keep the budgets down, and um, those you know, those would be the two in that region. Um, and then you know I touched on Scotland's Gulf Coast. You've got. Um, You've got uh, Gowan's numerous courses there, but num- courses number two and three are obviously cheaper options. And then you have uh, the Glen, which is the second course in the, 
in uh, in North Berwick. So I'm hoping to get there and, and do a video on that as well. But I, I just generally think, you know, and that's without even speaking about the, the Southwest coast, which which Eric Anders Lang did so well in, in showcasing the, the likes of Shurskin and, and Isla's Macri Golf Course and then Macrahanish and Dernaverty all down there. Um, Scotland's blessed to have all these, you know, many golf courses and, and um, you know, I think the emergence of some of these lesser-known courses will only, you know, be fast-tracked now that everybody's, you know, financially a little bit worse off off the back of this. Then in Ayrshire, there's a couple that spring to mind, which I haven't played, but I'd seek your advice on uh, places like West Kilbride and Bogside. Oh, yeah, I should have said West Kilbride. Just a link, you know, if you're coming to Scotland for a Lynx Golf, like West Kilbride ticks all those boxes. You know, some amazing views in, in such close proximity to the other courses in the in the region. Uh, fantastic. Even the, um, the, the Portland course um, at, at Troon, People don't realise there's, there's like three golf courses in Troon. Yeah. Um, people always think about Royal Troon, but for, for the money you spend at Royal Troon, and, and I've been lucky enough to play Royal Troon, and it's great. And again, the welcome and the clubhouse is amazing there. And it's, and it's a history lesson walking around that clubhouse. But for the money for one tea time, you could play with three or four other ones in the region. So I just think Scotland has to be careful just about how expensive it is. Like, sure... Sure, some people can afford the eight rounds and, and four or five of those being open rota courses, but for the average guys, like you know, playing one of those during a trip is is great, and then and then just layering up some of the other ones, and um, you you save a lot of money. If if the tourism and this is something I think about here in Melbourne, if the tourism thing is, you know, some and the regrowth of the the tourism thing is some ways away, the type sooner rather than later. When you think about the local talent, then you know the local pool of golfers and, and the growth in that area. What what I what I see, like in in Edinburgh, and that's where my sort of most familiarity is, is a great opportunity in in Edinburgh with the council having such great little courses plotted all around the city. That for me, once again, talking about you know playing courses that no one would, would travel fourteen thousand miles to go, I'm as equally happy standing at the top of the 16th tee at the Braids. I love that place. I love that place. But they do that so well. You know, they've got several courses. You know, Craig and Tinney, which is just, you know, a walk away from my my wife's place in in Craig and Tinney. It's a great afternoon's golf. Ten quid or whatever it is. They do that so well. Do all all the towns have this sort of community and council-based sort of course that people, the local people can get access to and access to really easily? Yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd one. We, we definitely do. Here in Aberdeenshire, you know, we have um, the city courses and, you know, to call them municipal courses, they are, but then every other golf club in Scotland is a municipal course in the sense that it's open for public play. Um, but look, we're going through, we're going through a digital media rev- you know, revolution at the moment where, you know, iconic images can be, can be, you know, changed just by one video or one Instagram post. People can create their own trophy courses very quickly if, if we get enough people talking about it and going to see these places. So, mm. you know, again, I, I do think we'll, we'll see in the next five years a sort of change from the, the open road courses, which are great, but, you know, to, to play them on a regular basis, I don't think there's much fun for anybody. And, and um, But also... You know, people just can't afford them anymore. I think tastes are changing as well. You've seen that in the golf, uh, in in the in the 
food and, and, and you know wine craft beer is as big as it's ever been here in the UK I think people's tastes are changing I think you know Corky's Corky's acceptable now 20 years ago Corky was almost seen to be something as a negative yeah I think you know Eric talking Eric Anders laying in the the random golf club concept you know has a, a big opportunity there to get people playing it going out and playing golf you know like playing I could imagine Graham McCubbin over there in, in Asher getting just a group of people over there to go and play some course that uh, you know he can get access to and not necessarily a big one certainly we'll try that down here in Melbourne and um, yeah it's it's and the other thing you know just mentioned as we mentioned Graham there seems to be a quite a really engaged group of people promoting golf in Scotland you know like a and very easily identifiable and very passionate and doing doing some great things you know talking about graham and, and the work that he's doing with link's diary what what's your sort of read on on that group of people doing that podcasting guys etc yeah oh, you mentioned link's diary i think what they've made in the last couple of months is phenomenal you know what a collection of editorial and images that and now they're looking at you know video space as well but you know how they're showcasing the stories of, of Scotland and these courses have not just the, the stories from the golf courses, but the people that, you know, have made the golf courses or, or surround the golf courses and play the golf courses. So I think, you know, Scotland, Scotland is lucky to have all these courses, but they also have a lot of passionate people in the space. So, and um, there's definitely seems to be a growing appetite for people to showcase that. And uh, yeah, hopefully I can, you know, can be a part of this, you know, a small part of that in, in terms of just trying to, uh, I'm not intentionally trying to change people's um, perceptions of certain places in Scotland, but, you know, trying to help the, the smaller guys maybe get noticed a little bit more. Yep. Um, and, and they've been overlooked just because they haven't had the market budget to, you know, say put a, put a, a full page advert into a traditional golf magazine. Um, but, you know, as I said, times are changing and, you know, the cost of entry now for a golf course is just one Instagram post, you know, with a, with a nice picture. So um, suddenly people can, um, you know, I'm planning golf. Um, I'm not. I'm not planning golf trips. I'm planning um, not you know staycations with my wife and dog just based on Instagram. So yeah. I think the opportunities there for for golf clubs and and businesses in the Scottish golf tourism industry is, you know, is 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 there definitely just create consistent good video and 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 and, and visual content on on these platforms. And I think um, you know the opportunities are endless. There's a camper van company in scotland rue that uh have a wonderful instagram page that you know post pictures of a camp a small camper van a couple of people and a dog in wonderful locations and i've nearly convinced my wife of my roos that uh, a camper vanning trip around scotland and the roos being that it would be really be a golfing trip um i've nearly convinced her based on that in- instagram site that it's a good good idea so you're you're, you're true so you know, I guess in closing, what's what's the roadmap ahead look like for you? What's what's the next, you know, the next uh, couple of months look like for you, mate? Well, you know, the European tour, uh, we, you know, like every business has struggled in the last couple of months. We've done a great job of getting golf back. The UK swing was extremely successful, and and that was through you know, a lot of hard work and, you know, actually uh, a Scott in uh, Doctor Andrew Money, whoever you know lead doctor um was was great in you know helping us get through that um the covid crisis and, and ensuring that we had a safe and secure bubble to play golf and um, so i'll hopefully get back to some events um the bmw pga at wentworth is my first event back on site which is 
great from a professional standpoint. Um, but you know, from my sta- from my go- golf travel standpoint, I want to be able to continue to make videos that inspire and educate people to come to Scotland and uh, continue to um, you know grow my um, grow my reach and and hopefully, as I said, inspire and, and educate people to come to Scotland. And, and yeah, that might not be easy when winter comes, but um, we definitely get some nice days to to get out there and, and travel around Scotland and, and showcase different parts of Scotland. So, um, you know, that's the intention. And I think, you know, while people can't travel to Scotland, they're becoming, you know, increasingly um, interested in consuming content around Scotland and planning future golf trips. I think everybody has the urge to travel now that we've been told we can't move for for six months or, or, or however long it's been. So I think once we all can, you know, get over this pandemic, I think there's going to be a, you're sure we, we won't travel as much as we did or as in the same numbers, but I do think there's a large portion of people that will want to travel and, and sort of seize the day, sort of, so to speak, and, and, and see places they maybe have been dreaming of seeing for, for many, uh, many years. So mate, head off to you for uh, getting out there and, and starting uh, that, uh, or your vlogging, uh, I love. I couldn't believe that uh, Merco Links has fairways that are twelve paces wide. I was in my backyard when I was listening to that chipping. My, my excuse for chipping, I was actually sculling good balls into the fence and into the plants. But um, I paced out. Twi- I paced out twelve yeah, twelve paces, and that's incredibly narrow. But uh, it's not going to stop me going and playing there. I should have played there last time. But uh, but uh, I loved that vlog, and I loved all the other ones that you've done. It's been fantastic. If I'll put the the all of your uh, handles in the show notes, but if someone wants to jump on right now and have a look, where would they go to? Yep. So Scottish Golf Podcast, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, because it's all there. And then, as I said, I've got uh, some exciting new content coming. I've got Cullen, Murray, Old Course, Muirfield, and Gospindy all in the works. So, you know, that's just the start. I'm hopefully getting down to play some other courses in the Scotland Southwest. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, click the subscribe button and uh, stay tuned for more. And you know, with the podcast as well, I'll continue to turn out um, turn out that as well. So uh, slow and steady, and um, yeah, hopefully we can uh, we can continue to to get you and and a lot of others listening over to Scotland in the in the years to come. You won't have to worry about getting me back. And yeah, you know, at some point in the juncture, you might have to put up with me for an extended period. But I'll just put that out there now. But uh, you know, it might not happen next year, but it might happen sometime. Uh, Cullen, I look forward to seeing Cullen. That's another one on my little list of very intriguing places to go and play golf. That's the one with the it's got the like almost the cliffs. Yeah. And the and the and the course is down right down there. Unbelievable. Where 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 is Cullen again? Where, how far away from you? Uh, so it's it's basically smack bang in the middle between Aberdeenshire, say Cruden Bay, and Castle Stewart in Nairn. So it's it's you know a perfect halfway stop. Yeah. And people always drive straight past it, unfortunately. But, you know, Tom Morris built it and it's it's under four and a half thousand yards, par 60, 64, I think. So you've got a chance to break 70, which is always fun. And uh, look, we all travel, and this was something I was trying to get in earlier in our interview, but we all travel. And, you know, if I was to come to Australia, I'm traveling for unique travel experiences that I could only get authentic travel experiences that I would only get in Australia. And if we go to Italy, I want to sample the cuisine because it's unique to that country in, in Italy. But if I come to Scotland on a golf trip, I want to experience authentic, unique experiences in Scotland. And Cullen is as unique and authentic as it gets. 
And if Tom Morris thought it was good and he designed it, I'm sure it's still good to this day. So just because it's not a championship golf course, just because it doesn't have TV and, and magazine pictures of it, uh, doesn't mean it's not good to go play and, and have fun. What are the other things that make that trip to Cullen a, a unique and interesting experience outside of the golf? Well, Cullen, the the, um, the sort of the merger between Cullen the town and Cullen the golf course, the, the line is very uh, faint and it's very small. Whereas if you go to, say, Kings Barnes, which, you know, Alan Hogg and his team at Kings Barnes have built this incredible product, but it's it's almost sterile in the sense that it's it's all like-minded people from America and Australia that are playing that golf course. And culturally, you know, the local people in Kings Barnes and St Andrews are nowhere to be seen or heard. So actually, when you play a Cullen, you're, go, you're going there to play the golf course, of, of course, but you're also around, uh, surrounding yourself with locals. You're talking with locals. The people at the bar are the friendliest people you'll ever meet, and the, and the members appreciate you. And so I just think it's more of a cultural experience being around these people. It's not, it's not like you're locked away in, in um, not that Kings Barnes is, is behind gates, so to speak, but you're almost away from any locals and, and, and any sort of local surroundings. So it's much more of an authentic experience. I could imagine it's a different environment driving into Kings Barnes and having driven in there, not played there, but driven in there. It's, it's more resort type of, you know, comparison to driving into Cullen or, or driving into Dunbar, you know, in the little wee clubhouse there. And um, yeah, there is a difference. You're right. And the people just love, you know, you, you rock up to the bar with an Australian accent at a bar, like a Dunbar or whatever, and you, know, you, you can hardly get away from the place. Everyone just wants to know who you are, where you're from, why you come here. Why did you choose here? And uh, it's, a, it's a really enjoyable experience being able to share those, those stories. I'm glad we went on and uh, talked about that and covered that off because, yeah, it's, uh, we've done a good job, I think. Anything else from you, sir? I think that's about it, I think. Well, Rue, I look forward to staying in touch with you as we do and look forward to your vlogs and uh, I wish you all the best in, uh, in the rest of this year and getting back out there on tour and, and everything else that you've got going on. I really do appreciate your time, mate. I really do. Really do. No, Ross, it's been great. It's great to meet like-minded people, but, you know, rarely do I meet people that are equally as passionate about Scottish golf tourism as I am and golf travel, and, and it's been a, a pleasurable 40 minutes or so chatting with you. I'm pitching myself for the not the young person of uh, the year. I'll, I'll go for the old person's uh, Tourism Scotland uh, Award in a few years' time, mate. There you go. I'll, go, I'll make a crack at that. <laughs> overseas yeah overseas if you can get them to have an overseas category I'll have a have a crack at that very good mate appreciate your time and thanks for uh, joining us on the Mile of Golf podcast appreciate it cheers